village in like the South Park. Because it might be good to eat. Like, like a muffin or a beep. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, don't put it in your mouth. That's I the love you guys would have joined in for the last part. Right. Because uh, we, didn't we know always it. stop at the muffin and a beep. I honestly oh. never knew like the last half of it after the muffin and the beat. Part. Oh, well, <laughs> well, there we go. So I guess on that, uh, welcome, friends, to another episode of Turn of the Millennials. I'm Stephanie. I'm Wendy. And today we are joined uh, by our my personal true crime uh, prof- uh, expert, I guess, my sister Danielle. Yay! Welcome, <laughs> welcome, She's, welcome back. She's we've heard her before a couple times, you know. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm just oh, trying to be all like this, like what? true crime. Was our last one? Drop Dead Gorgeous. No, Beanie Babies. One? Beanie Babies. Oh right, Beanie, Beanie Babies. Forgot about that one. Beanie right. Babies. Yep. Hashtag. Right. Yeah. So, um, as I was saying, uh, true crime expert. So, well, not expert, but she's my expert because she always, you know, watched we'll it, go knows a little about story. it. She's, yeah, she's my reference for everything. But as obviously you can tell today, we are going to be kind of talking about, you know, 90s millennial true crime. Um, so we're actually going to kind of, we're going to do two episodes. We're going to do more of a 90s based one, and then we'll do another one with more 2000s based true crimes. It's unfortunately a lot to cover. It is, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, people are shit and it sucks that we have to actually yeah. kind of cover true crimes, but there's also very interest. Cause if you look at all of the countless true crime podcasts or shows or blogs or YouTube yep. channels, people I love true crime or porn, murder porn, murder people porn. love it, murder you know? Porn. So I love figured, it. I love figured it. we jump on for a couple episodes, yeah. but first a disclaimer, Stephanie, uh oh we're gonna okay we'll do that before the millennial moment okay so i guess yeah um because millennial moment is still a little lighthearted. so if you want to you can stay till after the millennial moment but obviously after our millennial moment uh we will get into kind of some you know gory detail not terribly gory details but some discussion of possible abuse rape um other unsettling topics when dealing with the true crime so just as a preference to if you don't want to hear or discuss or hear about any of those topics now would be the time to turn it off catch us on another episode go back and check out our old ones if you haven't or we'll be back in two weeks with more lighthearted episodes would it be four weeks? Because I think we're breaking. Oh, this up four into weeks. Two. Yes, every two. Uh, yes. Yeah. So four weeks. There will be more lighthearted episodes. So On that note, Justin go first for her millennial moment. For mine. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So like I kind of told you, I, I saw it this morning. So you know, you wake up, you kind of like turn on your phone because we're conditioned to do that let's be honest scrolling through my feed my memories came up and uh 15 years ago me and um Steph were out in front of a Best Buy freezing our asses off trying to buy a Nintendo Wii oh dear lord oh man that was 15 years ago already 2008 y'all the Wii, really? Oh my god yeah we're we're like almost three generations yeah it is right there Wow. But I remember I wanted one for so long. It came out in November of 2006. And they were so hard to get. 
yeah, like we, this was a time where I guess my dad was buying one for Sheila for like a stag and doe or something. So he said, Hey, let's go and we can get you one finally. Cause Super Smash Brothers was being released that day, a Super Smash Brothers brawl. Um, yeah. So because they were stocking up on the game, they had guaranteed inventory of, I think like 20 or 30 Wii's, hence why we were waiting outside and uh, definitely pre like online ordering. <laughs> Yes, these were the days when you had to still wait outside for things in, to purchase. In November in Canada. So it well, was, it is a March. This was March because oh, this was no, in March. In this Canada. day today. And it was a cold. No, it was a cold March day. Like today is a nice yeah. sunny March day. It's this April. was a cold, little blustery March day. I must April have posted a picture a few days after. What? But. It's April 2nd. It's no oh, it is March. April well, oh. well, now I'm just saying it. we do this in March because I think I yes. probably posted the picture a few days later because, again, you know, we didn't have cell phones right in the bat to be like, click, upload. I probably would have taken the right? picture, had to go home, connected to my, just remembering having to line up. And then the second part about the picture, because it would have happened in March, but it didn't upload until April because we didn't have the instant of like, click, boom, upload. Yeah, you, hey, had to, you had to upload your photos into your computer and then add load it onto you Facebook. You plug your device into the computer. Like no Bluetooth, none of this shit. Or took out the memory card and put the memory card in the computer. Or There was no like, cloud at this point either, where you just no. uploaded or it Google to the Drive cloud on your phone. or anything like that. Yeah. Well, this is also not that far removed when me and Lindy were in England and we had to go to the Canada house to access our Facebook and to upload pictures. That was the year before. That was 10- yep. 2007. Yeah. Like, so it, definitely yeah, a moment in time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I remember that. So my moment, I guess, will kind of be similar to yours as well. It was just okay. the, I, when was the last time you stood in line for a movie to save your seat or to buy tickets? Because I was watching, like, I was watching some older 90s shows and they go up to the old box office and buy a ticket in the old outside box office for one. And then in the 2000s, you could buy your tickets in the little digital kiosk, but you still had to wait in those long lineups, especially if it was like a Harry Potter or like a big blockbuster coming out. And they would have them going out like the doors of Galaxy and going around the buildings just to watch, like to wait to get a good spot for the movie and everything. I'm going to say it was, it had to have been like probably like the last Harry Potter movie for me. I feel like maybe it was and Twilight what, for me. What a Twilight. culture shock that was, Danielle, when we went to see the fifth Harry Potter movie when we were in England and we were like, oh, we should probably get there like two hours ahead. And Ashley's <laughs> like, no, you can go right on fucking time and you will get your perfect seat. We're like, what are you fucking talking about? They're like, nobody and- goes to the movies early in this place. But yeah, culture shock. But yeah, mine must have been like the last Harry Potter movie that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so my millennial moment has to do with someone at work. Wild guess who it is? Your Same person it always is. A 22. Lena. Lena. She's actually 23 and she called me on it. So I just called her 12 all week. It was really funny because <laughs> she got really mad about it. I was like, you're just, you're fucking 12. So on Monday, we all come into work and we have a pre-shift meeting every morning and she sat next to me. And I look over, she's got a hickey on her neck. And I look over to her, I was just like, oh, nice hickey. She goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, nice fucking try. You should have tried some cover up. I can plainly, I'm almost 40. I know it's a fucking hickey. I'm not stupid. I'm not your fucking mother. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, well, and I was like, ow, and she goes, and she blank look, completely blank look. She goes, I don't know what that is. Brown chicken, brown cow. And I'm Jeez. like, I'm like, 
you don't know bow chicka bow wow like what is wrong with you and Jim's like seriously you don't know what that is I'm like guess she never lived through the uh scrambled channel era she goes the what I don't even know what those words are I was just like oh my god like a lot of the girls in my class don't know how to like roll their tongue when you're like oh you like someone you're like you're like look at they cut they're like how do you do that a lot of practice okay it does i can't but like they're like how do you do that i'm like oh i just do it it's it's so funny yeah there's any you can't can't. roll your arse I can do it if I'm doing a word, but I can't just off like a word. Perro. 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 Like I could do it there, but if you ask me to go. (laughs) (laughs) I guess on that note, we should uh, get into our topic for today. Yeah, unfortunately, there was uh, quite a lot of infamous crimes that happened in the 90s. Yep. These would um, be ones that were probably the most infamous, the ones we absolutely remember the most. Definitely remember the most. We're on our radar, yeah. might have even been in kind of in our backyard areas or, you know, like it's something that someone under the age of 10, when like you see it on the news and it stops them, it's kind of newsworthy. Right. It's going to yeah. be remembered. Yeah. Now, we, we used to, like, I, I specifically remember some of the old, uh, like, Unsolved Mysteries and Rescue 911 true crime shows um, and stuff. Like, they have Unsolved Mysteries on I, either Prime or Disney Plus, like the old ones. Yes, and that man's oh. voice still terrifies me to still this day. Still haunts me to this day. Like, still haunts me to this day. day. And together, Only I used to you. love watching it. Yes. <laughs> Only you may solve the mystery. What's, what's his name, John Walsh? No, Robert Stack. Robert John Stack. Walsh is um, America's Most Wanted. But again, another yes. kind of another staple true in crime. true crime. But another one. Yeah, another one. Like Rescue 911, mm-hmm. where they were. I loved Rescue 911. Loved it. That was Robert. It. No, shit. William Shatner. Oh, You're yes. William Shatner. Shatner. Yes. That's what I knew him from. I didn't really know him from Star Trek. I knew him as the Ooh! guy from Rescue, Rescue 911 for the longest time. I mean, I, when I was younger. Yeah, when you were like five or six. Yeah. Yeah, I knew no, who like he was. more like eight or nine. I watched, oh, I watched Star Trek with my dad every fucking day when I was like five or six. See, so dad was I into the next generation, not the old one. He would always watch the next generation. So we knew Picard. Watch we it. knew all about watch Picard. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> uh, Wesley. Uh, right? Wesley. And, uh, oh, yes. I feel like that was all everyone's like, first little crush. Will, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. <laughs> So I thought like, as I have been brought on as your expert, um, I thought I'd just kind of give my little Air backstory. <laughs> I mean, I just know a lot. You guys know, I just have a lot of shit in my brain that just kind of like our pop culture shit. That's all up in here. You oh, have yeah. a lot of it in true crime. Yeah. Oh, and other things too, of course. But yeah. um, mainly how it kind of happened was like two things kind of coming together from when I was a kid. Um, so I don't know if you've ever talked about this on the on the show, but when uh, we were younger, we had a paper route to pay for our competitive dancing. Um, so like every day after school, because this is back in the day when you could do it after school and it could be kids doing paper routes. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd grab our papers, like get them out, put them in a little bag and, you know, deliver them. And I, and in hindsight, I'm thinking it's probably ADHD, but I'd always like read the page, like, especially the headline of the paper as I'm delivering them. Um, and we would have been doing this like between like 91 and 93. And I don't know if we're going to touch on this crime, but there was oh, a course. very major crime that we'll touch in a little bit. So I was reading as much as we could get, but I'll go into that a little bit more when we get to that point. Um, so kind of seeing that there and another little story, Kayla Cladoos, I might touch on later, but that one stuck with me as a kid um, as well. And then the other thing, other than delivering papers and seeing all this, like, you know, headlines and true crimes, cause it was not, you know, it was just associated press stuff. But anywho, 
um, grandma. Every like time we go to grandma's on Fridays, it was Dateline 2020. You know, you had the Hugh new Downs and Barbara Walters and uh, Barbara John Stossel. <laughs> Baba Wata. Yeah, my mom was the same. Right. I watched a lot of those yeah. shows, my mom. And I, and I think that's and why the- our generation probably got very into true crime because we our parents probably watched a lot of these news shows or things like that. Our grandparents. It's, I think grandparents. It's also like we're super desensitized to it because of all the movies that came out in our formidable years. Yeah. Not necessarily that the movies. Violence in your face. But maybe the so move to more of a 24-hour so, news cycle, yeah. which yes. if you really so want to go like all high and mighty, yeah, that probably also affected it as well, too. But the thing I always kind of liked about the 2020 and, like, the datelines, it, yeah, they might have covered the high, the the headliner stuff, um, but it was nice to be able to, like, take a story and kind of follow it through as opposed to just, like, the headline. Um, mm-hmm. So you kind of get, like, the whole story, and that's kind of in our generation now is kind of where the true crime podcast has now taken over um there so it's um i'm just going to shout out uh kate clark um i used to work at um east lincoln one of my buddies um i was like talking about how much i love true crime he's like oh yeah my girlfriend she'll fall asleep listening to true crime and she gave me some podcasts to listen to so like my first individual like dive into podcasts was sword and scale i may not recommend that one now for reasons if you want to look into yourself um but that was the first one i kind of got into and i liked the storytelling and then i kind of started finding i found red-handed relatively early when they were still in the the duvet years if you follow that you'll understand i'm I'm a spooky bitch i can't help it um a lot of other people i know kind of got into it because of the my favorite murder or last podcast on the left i think those are another two popular ones Um, a couple yeah, of ones I just I like to sh- those. You like those ones. Another two I, I just like, like to them. shout out that I listen to all the time is um, Hollywood Crime Scene. Um, and another yeah. one, it's not necessarily true crime, but I, it, she does cover a lot some of that stuff there. Um, if you like the same kind of thing, but the old Hollywood is you must remember this. She does a whole section where she talks about um, Charles yeah. Manson. Yeah, the Manson family. Um, yeah. So she covers that, but she does more of the old Hollywood stuff. So that's also, you must remember this. And then the final one, uh, Canadian, because we are Canadians here, um, Christy over at um, Canada True Crime. And if I'm going to go local, um, the nighttime podcast, uh, Jordan, I think is his name. Uh, he's based in Halifax. So the yeah. fun little story. Well, really quick, Steph, what true crime podcast do you listen to right now, if any? You don't listen to any? I don't really do anything of true crime really? myself. Uh, I more so like maybe do like YouTubes of like I maybe dark history or like oh, stuff Lucerian. like that. Or the Illuminati yeah. ones, like the companies okay. that are doing like behind the scenes shady things, oh, okay. stuff like that. That's still, that's still relevant. I mean, that still counts. Yeah. No, I like, some yeah, of them, but it's not. I don't. I don't like the the rape killing stuff. I like the like dirty mm. scoundrels of watching a fucking business go under. You bastards, you rapscallion. you know, rapscallions. Yes, I um, would recommend if you like that stuff. Swindled, swindled okay. does that stuff. If you like that type of true crime and not oh, have yeah. to have a vic- like a, a murder victim, but like yeah. maybe a financial victim, swindled. Yeah. Well, like you said earlier, um, I've listened to like my favorite murder and my and last podcast on the left it is one of my favorite they are hilarious and i recommend you check them out they're really descriptive but right now i'm super i'm listening right now to crazy in love which is romance that ends up in murder which is awesome and fantastic and i'm also listening to the pike to massacre right now if any of you don't know about it it's really interesting where a family of four kills a family of eight over the custody of a child in ohio and it's super fascinating and yeah i recommend giving it a try 
Moving on. What is the first crime we are going to talk about? I don't think we're probably going to do it in chronological order, though, right? No, not probably really. not. Um, but yeah. I think kind of the first one, I guess we kind of really got to touch on because it like I said it was kind of our backyard. It was kind of a big deal for us kids in the 90s. Billboards. In Canada. Billboards. Is Paul Bernardo, the Scarborough yep. killer, as they called him, or the Scarborough killer, or, you know, whatever they wanted to call him. Ken and Barbie like killers. Ken and Barbie like killers. Like between States, what they Carla. call them. Yep. Yep. I, well, that one changed everybody like, i think in this the world area. for us i think it especially did. like because you hear about these infamous crimes and things but it never happened so close to home this was yeah. close to fucking home this was brantford Saint this Catherine's. was toronto St. Catherine's, Catherine's area like this was southern ontario almost like our backyards yeah. it feels like i actually have a very personal story about paul bernardo that i will maybe get to but um, as so basically these killings basically took place between 1986 and 1992, and he was apprehended February 13th, 1993. I don't think mm-hmm. he killed 86 I think this is when he was doing his raping because Tammy Homoka oh. was their first victim, and I think she was 91, 90. Oh, OK, well, th- yeah, when I was reading it, it just kind of said his, oh, okay, his gotcha. stuff kind of spanned between. So it might have been just the rapes first before so the killings. Crime. Yes, his, his crimes crime spanned from 1986 to, to 92. There you go. Um, he committed crimes on his own from 87 to 1993. And then after that, I guess, met Carla Mocha and then did three murders with Carla, one being her sister Tammy, uh, the other with Kristen French and Leslie Mahaffey, together known as, Danielle said, the Ken and Barbie Killers. September 1995, he was convicted of a number of offenses, including two first-degree murders and two aggravated sexual assaults and sentenced to life in prison without parole for at least 25 years. He was designated a dangerous offender, making him unlikely to ever be released. February 2018, he became eligible for parole and denied any parole. His next hearing was January 22nd, 2021, which only took an hour of deliberation to be denied. However... All of these years, which some of us have kind of found a little bit of frustrating and annoying, is he has been kept in his own segregation from other inmates Mm -hmm. because he has been bullied or attacked. Um, And honestly, we think that he should have just been left into Gen Pop and left to his own devices for what he did for his crimes. I I personally don't agree, but that's probably more because I'm I lean little leftist. I I just you know. You get what you get. You get what you give, and I, I get that as well too. Um, but he's been as I said, he has been la- to be segregated. That's what I think. He has been labeled as a dangerous offender, and let's be honest, he's probably never getting out. He's and the only other person I can place. think of that was like that was Dellen Millard. It's got the same designation, so I think the both of them are never getting out. With Paul Bernardo was like Carlo Homoka made a plea deal to testify against Paul Bernardo and only served twelve fucking years. Now she is living in the Ottawa area, I believe, under an assumed I think it was name, Quebec. Which I know what it is. Yeah, I thought it was Quebec in a suit. But we're not doxing yeah, on this all, podcast. I'm not doxing on this, but she moved on and got married and has three kids. And yeah, like that's fucking bullshit. So I mean, some look on people this- can change and maybe she was under his spell or whatever, mm. Stockholm mm. syndrome. I don't know, but I, with so every I'm- with everything I've read about it, the resources that I have read of it, the credible resources of it that I have read of it, she did it of her own fucking free disgusting will. Mm-hmm. So I like, no, she should still be in fucking prison too. Yeah. Well, I there's a few things. Her, so. There's a few things I can understand why she got the 12 years because they got the, they got her to get the deal because she was able to give the videotapes. Remember there's videotapes yeah. of it. So they made the deal because they wanted the tapes, not knowing what her involvement is. So they called exactly. that deal they the devil. They thought she was potentially a victim, but they weren't 100% yep. sure yet. 
cut the deal only to find that she's just as fucking twisted as he was. I think it start like the, the one about Tammy, that was a mistake almost. Um, cause he, she was just being offered because um, basically Paul Bernardo, I guess, like put down t- um, Carla Hamoka because she had sex before they were married, you know, all that patriarchy bullshit. So she gave that when she was 17 and he was like 22 or something like that. There's an age gap. Like, um, there was an but- age gap essentially what had happened is with that is she had had sex with someone else before him so he kind of held this over her like something better so that christmas she was offering her sister who was a virgin for him to take and then 15 15 yeah and uh she ended up they drugged her and she got the stuff from uh working at a uh some sort of like veterinarian type of thing yeah um yeah so it wasn't it was more or less just to knock her out so he could like do what he wanted to do with whatever they wanted to do with that um and then i guess she overdosed her on it and she choked on her own vomit and passed away but they didn't realize they were responsible at the time they just thought that she got too drunk because you know sometimes teenagers because it was christmas right um they didn't end up going back and looking into that until after the next little part we're going to talk about as well um but that's kind of how it started the way i see carla is i don't if she had not met Paul, I don't think she would have done this stuff. It was kind of like two people that. coming together. You know, I think if like, it wasn't Paul, she would have found someone else to do these sick, disgusting things with. Because she was troubled. Like she, if you talk, if you read um, some of the interviews with the, like her high school friends and her elementary okay. school friends, the mm-hmm. flags were there. Oh, okay. The psychotic killer in her has already been planted. If it wasn't Paul, it would have been someone else. Oh, okay. That's my belief. That's your belief? IMO, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. So, so like, a, fun, I, a fun little tidbit as well um, about this case. Fun. At the time, uh, it was actually not allowed to have, there was a publishing ban in Canada on this particular case because okay. they didn't want it being influenced from, uh, you know, the jury, jury or things like that things. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Juries. Yep. And so people would actually go down to Buffalo and the States to pick up newspapers and pandle them across so that people could get some kind of information about it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I found. Okay. Um, so remember I told you earlier, we, I delivered papers. It was on the front page. So a lot of the information wasn't there or anything like that, but it was because of one of those papers that my dad brought over and reading about it. That's when I found out I like, I was probably way too young to be fucking reading this, mind you. Um, but it was because of one of those papers I was reading. Cause they also had the comics is where I found out that Leslie Mahaffey was, um, found in concrete. And yeah. that would have been, I was like, that's 10, the only 11. reason they were caught because she- the concrete that they had encased her torso, it hit the cement barrier at the bottom of the bridge and broke open and the fishermen found it. It's right. the only way they were caught. They're fucking mm-hmm. morons. Yeah, no, because this this happened around the time, like I was in grade seven or eight or something like that. No. Oh, no, no. It's, we were like, it was I was that. still competitive oh, dancing back then. Oh, right. No, I remember. I remember because we grade? went we went to Camp Kauai. Mm, okay. We went to Camp Kauai. Um, for like day camp or something. And it was well known, like this was a few years after the trial and he was already in jail or whatever, that um, it was well known that Paul Bernardo was a counselor at Camp Kauai for a summer or two. Yeah. And so on the school bus there, on the way there, people like the kids in my class were always joking around being like, oh, look, there's a body. Oh, look, there's an arm, there's a hand. And I was like, it's not fucking funny guys. Like it's not fucking funny. Like two girls were mutilated, killed and God knows what else. Like their parents must feel awful about it. Like it's just, oh my God. But talking to Camp Kauai, you know that I worked there in the summer when I was 18. Yeah. Um, so one of the two of the eight weeks that we're there, we all have like kitchen duty and day camp duty where all the counselors are cabin in one cabin instead of like with campers. 
Um, so these were like the older cabins that were set back farther, a little bit farther. And um, my cabin, got in my cabin, put all my shit away or whatever. I'm looking around because there's like signatures and plaques and shit all along the roof and stuff. And I happened to find one from 1984 with Paul Bernardo's name on it. Mm-hmm. That creeped me the fuck out. So I went to my boss and I'm like, I am not staying in that cabin. I'm sorry. I don't care if you think it's ridiculous. I'm going to the other one. I don't care. And they let me switch cabins. Cause I was like, I'm not fucking staying in there. That's just bad juju. Fucking juju. Mojo. Like <laughs> bad juju. Absolutely not. Will not like that. Just and now reminds like, me of, God, I just got chills down my spine. I was like, uh, uh-uh. but the other thing also with this case, um, and we're talking about how it affects, like, not that it, has, it affects us. Um, but there, when they didn't really know who Paul Bernardo was, and mind you, we found out later that the, the type of car they were advertising was wrong. Um, but essentially the uh, billboards, have you seen this car? And it was like some sort of like tan Camaro or something. Do you remember these billboards that were like all over the place? I can't say that I do. Maybe it's just because it was never really out much. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I just, ma- I, I didn't frequent the area often. Yeah. The one I remember where it was majorly was like, if you're going from fairway and you're trying to drive down to like Dune, like there's that weird kind of like Manitou back there or whatever. Manitou. Yeah. That one, there was a, one of the billboards were there. Yeah. I I don't recall. Yeah. Um, But I feel like when the whole case happened, there was definitely a lot more coverage about the missing disappearance of Kristen French over Leslie Mahaffey. But of course the two different situations, you know, find her though. Right. Yeah, I remember they, they, in a ditch. They, they was found, right? Yeah. Yeah, in a ditch. Unfortunately. Yeah, so. like, which one of them was? I think it was Leslie Mahaffey. The only reason she was out that late was because she she missed curfew by a few minutes, and her parents locked her out of the house. Yeah, and and they like lured how, her with a uh, trying to get a cigarette lighter. Yeah, or something like like yeah. a smoke or something, because she was quote unquote a you know bad kid, but probably not just you know maybe her parents are strict, but I kind of just get like just regular teenage vibes, you know. Had- at 15 you're just trying to figure out who the fuck you are away from oh she was 14 okay mm-hmm. still at that age like that like yeah i don't know just but the, i think the reason kristen french's picture kind of came because she was uh not at night it was during daytime somebody actually saw it happen uh that catholic schoolgirl picture that we all know from seeing it in the news trying to find this poor girl um yep. so i definitely remember her getting a lot more attention and i never really heard about leslie mahaffey until after they found Kristen french and started doing more uh investigation into it so this case has actually oh, been awful. referenced in um pop culture before um so like law and order's done episodes of <laughs> great it, right meredith gray played one of the characters on when they were doing oh. that law and order svu close to home the inspector lindley murders um second episode of like the mentalist they say the cri- criminal minds kind of any time where it seems like there's a you know and sort of thing is also kind of, kind the, of, and then there's carla movie the movie well. yeah let's say the movie with Laura Prebon. and then apparently yeah, discovery has um id entitled the ken and barbie killers the lost tapes it premiered last year and has four episodes it's on my wish list it's on my list i haven't so, watched it yet um i haven't watched it yet but i just i don't like the moniker ken and barbie killers because it kind of because again, the whole thing is that they're like 1992 Canadian attractive. Like it, when you see their pictures of their wedding date, oh, it's it's painfully 90s. Um, but yeah. I almost, I don't like that term because it just almost kind of dismisses just, about how terrible just, they were. And just because they yeah. think they're hot, 
you know he was not hot a- i'm sorry well like, I'm 1990s sure hot attractive for the time yeah that's it. like you gotta think about like 1992 like i was nine like you were seven mm-hmm. like yeah i mean that's no, 1990s hot look at look at that oh, look okay at that's eyes. creepy look at her eyes steph you can't tell me that she's a fucking victim that is crazy eye right there their wedding crazy. photo Oh my god, the headband, like those oh those I'm headband so nails. The fashion anymore. But like if you look oh, if you didn't know Lord. who they were looking at least at that picture, they just look like you're a normal happy guy. Your classic couple. cute little yeah. couple or whatever kind of thing. Like, you know? Okay, he, I, oh, 90s, shit, he actually, then you find out what they did, and then you're just like, Nope, that nope. changes your opinion of them completely. No, they're hidden. There you go, crazy ass. <laughs> Sorry, the team. Not while I'm taking a drink, Steph. um but the the main thing with this whole case is um i'm glad that it did get solved i'm glad that we were able to put paul bernardo away of course we talked about the deal the devil um but let's be honest um i had to give the benefit of the doubt she hasn't as far as we know committed any crimes since being released so at at this point she's technically what the whole point of uh prison is is to rehabilitate so uh, i i mean i do not stand for what she did mind you but um you know it's a a very hard discussion and there's both sides and so many nuances and it it takes more than a podcast like this to kind of go into it of course we have a prison system to hope to rehabilitate and let them out but Mm -hmm. if we don't if we still keep thinking that they are yeah it becomes a vicious cycle yeah Mm -hmm. we don't got time to dive into those sort of (laughs) antics today so moving on to the next one um so i guess next one uh i guess we'll go into i guess maybe the beauty queen Combinate Ramsey, I do that one. Ramsey that, because because that's the next one that you think of after the Paul Bernardo. Honestly, thing. it's the next it's one biggest of the nineties infamous. infamous. It was on every tabloid cover and everything. It wasn't Canadian, but it was still just as I, integral of yes. our. Grandma movie. used to get all of like the stars, National Enquirer. Enquirer. So again, another we connection with everywhere. Yep. All the time we saw these and this little little yep. girl's beautiful face because she was a beauty queen. And I want to say I'm... these crimes were my like start of my obsession with trash rags. Right? I feel like, magazine. I know for sure grandma was definitely my intro for trash yeah. rags. Like she always- My mom got them. mad when I'd waste my money on those trash <laughs> crappy magazines and stuff and I'm just like whatever they're fascinating and, and then have as, a crossword. Older, I, as I got older I bought it for the crossword crossword which, and the puzzles at the back which stimulates <laughs> my brain and make sure I don't get old it's fine she's I'm doing being proactive uh, and okay, to so, just do another millennial moment there where do you get this stuff now definitely no one's buying ma- magazines what are these magazines yeah you might still see them and nine fucking dollars right so no. let's go online and get it faster that's really at yeah. this point and it's six just- of those pages are ads and one is actually an article it's trash rag for tv it's called tmz just look it up right <laughs> or go on so, Perez hilton if you needed to now delve into this very unfortunate side all right okay so, so what was the unfortunate so John Bonet Ramsey was killed uh, sometime between December 25th and 26th, 1996. And it is actually still a cold case to this day in Colorado. They said it was Colorado still when I looked it up. Yeah, Colorado. Okay. So, Boulder. Boulder. Yeah, yeah that's Boulder. what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Um, some suspect her parents had did it. Um, like I said, it garnered media attention about this young beauty queen. She was killed inside her family She's six home. six years old. 
She was only six years old, killed inside her family home. There was a ransom note left. Uh, father found her in the basement approximately seven hours after reported missing. She was strangled and had a blow to the head and with a broken skull. Yep. And I said, still cold case to this day. So they don't have, there's been like they've over the years, they've reopened and tried to, but they still haven't figured it out who it is. And we're definitely not going to try and yeah. do speculation on this one here. There's lots of stuff to watch. It's more or I, less just kind of how it affected. Yeah, yeah, I remember I remember reading an article, like maybe it was last year or the year before, about something about um, their team, like the FBI or whatever, leaning toward her brother doing it or whatever. That was that was on a CBS yeah. special, and it the evidence was um, compelling. But Steph Gick calling her out told me to watch the ID one about her um, case and that one kind of pointed to a known pedophile in the area who is known as Santa Claus. I heard that theory as well. Um, However, you really need to chalk up this lack of it being solved to the police team that was there that day. Like, cause you know, it was Christmas day. So all of like the higher up management, all the really pros were all fucking on vacation or holidays or off. So they had like the C team rookie fucking police officers (laughs) tramping through their house in the crime scene before any type of evidence was collected or pictures taken or anything like that like the crime scene was all like contaminated before they and the ramses also invited all of their friends over because again at first they're thinking it's a missing child so they want to try and find them but because they don't find the body until later all the evidence that could help have been trampled over because they're trying to find the poor girl because at that point she's only just missing this one is always stuck out in my mind as like just one of those like she fucking like John deserves peace she deserves to have her killer in fucking prison or dead anyway in kind of capacity like Mm -hmm. just the utter incompetence of the team on this day and how this case was fucking handled is just like just an insult to her memory and it's incredibly upsetting of course like and the fucking toddlers and tiara thing is still fucking going like if this was like if this doesn't tell you anything it's like like, even though it was never proven and it's still all speculation and everything, I mean, in my opinion, I do believe it was that local pedophile that did it. And I'm willing to bet you anything that he knew her from those pageants. So it like, does say, according, no to, good. according to an op top, so she was also a parent, a victim of sexual abuse. DNA samples were found on her underwear and long johns, which tests have shown don't match her parents or family friends and instead to belong an unidentified man. There's actually a new article uh, about in Boulder right now that they're trying to reopen the case for a final bid to hopefully mm-hmm. find the killer right now. I was just posted. So I was just reading here. It was a little article about what they're trying to open up again. Yeah. But when you were t- like, just to lighten the mood for a few seconds before we go into a dark, you know, dark shit again, when you were talking about the whole toddler and Tierra's type stuff, it just reminded me of the episode of uh, Philly where uh, Frank bought the beauty uh, pageant and it turned out to be a little kid beauty pageant. And he's trying to do everything to make sure he doesn't look like a pedophile, but just makes it look more like a, <laughs> a pedophile. <laughs> All of these beautiful girls that I would not touch. I won't go with anyone older, younger than my daughter. <laughs> So just thought it'd little lighten up before we have to get dark again. <laughs> yeah, because like you, you said, there is so much sexualization of these young kids now. You see it in Hollywood all the time. Well, you even see it on friggin' Instagram where these six-year-olds are putting a full face of makeup on so that they can look like they're 16 or 14-year-olds want to look like they're 18. And it's like, it's it's just terrible to, that, to, to see these kids just over-sexualized. Of, a lot of the parents think that they're teaching their kids about like, doing what you want and introducing them to makeup at six years old is no big deal blah 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 like it's it's kind of not but it's it's you introduce them to makeup as like a play thing not to be like you need to be pretty to go out in public you have to wear it everywhere you go yeah Yeah. it's 
just gives them body complexes and weight issues and eating disorders and just such a toxic environment. And I'm glad and shocked that you don't hear more of stories like this involved in the toddler pageant industry. Oh, there probably is, but you probably, or maybe not like death cases, but probably sexual assault cases, but and exactly. It's covered under up. wraps. Exactly. It's covered up. Like yeah. it's just, uh, and if you can't get them to testify. Yep. Yeah. Just, I mean, watch SBU, how hard it is to get a fucking, any sort of sexual thing. And yeah. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. cause you can't force the child to testify. You don't mm-hmm. want to drudge up the trauma. Like right. it's, um, it's, well, it's just when you were kind of and- talking about the makeup thing earlier, kind of reminded me like, again, mean stuff did competitive dancing as a kid. So we'd have our makeup done a certain way when we're competing. And, but then that's what they um, can see your facial expressions in the audience and things. It's not to sexualize you in my opinion, but, but we understood exactly what the concept of makeup was for, you know, and then we would, and, and if you did want to play with it outside of that, we literally played with it. I'm pretty sure I left the house looking like a Damn. <laughs> oh, you know, right? glitter all over the place. Like, I mean, it, well, Linda, you know, Glinda, yep. you know, face of glitter all over the yeah. place. So, but you don't go out in public looking all on fleek and shit, looking better than a fucking supermodel. We also so didn't have YouTube. YouTube videos yeah. with how to contour your with cheeks, your and, to... and shit. Like, yeah. right? It's so. fun if you want to play like that, and it's okay if you want to do it. It's just I hope that people don't feel like they have to do that all the time. Yeah. Yes. Just know that you are beautiful just the way you are, guys, all of you. So basically, yeah, so I think for, was, that's pretty much all of it with John Bonet just kind of affected us because she was so young. It's and still it unsolved to this day, unsolved, and it was just fumbled yeah. terribly. Yeah, um, I remember reading about that for quite a Like, that went on a long time. Like, I was yeah. in headlines for I a while. do believe that the ransom note is fake, though. I, I do believe Patsy did write that note. I don't know why, and we'll never find out because, unfortunately, she has passed away. Um, but a lot of the forensics on that I, and the fact that it was so long and they did it on the paper there and they had people like trying to write it out. I do think that the note was fake, but yeah, I just, that the note never fucking made sense to me mm-hmm. ever. Like, yeah. like if you didn't, John, kid, why would you have left a ransom note? And yeah. why is the amount, his exact bonus that year? Like who, who it, would know it, that? It just didn't make sense to me. Unless like if the pedophile in the neighborhood was like a friend of theirs, like someone who lived in the area and was a friend of theirs. Covering it up that, for them or and something. That friend knew how much his bonus was. Like I could, I could definitely link things to it. Like I could see, I could see the paper trail with that. But there was just way too fucking much with this case that was just. Well, how long would he have been sitting there at the table? Because that pen and paper was in the house before. That was what that was part of, like that was in the kitchen. So not like that he brought it and left it behind. So who's going to sit there and write out that message that many times? And there was multiple drafts. They found like ripped up, like I think I ripped up paper or something, but like. My only theory would be that like person who did it wrote the note before kidnapping her. And when he kidnapped her, she put up a fight and he killed her by accident yeah. and maybe forgot to take the ransom note with him. Like, like it was just a botched kidnapping that ended in a murder. And unfortunately, the murder was never found due to the incompetency of the police. But then squad it also feels and- like there had to be like two people involved stuff. So clearly and she's- the, you know. Apparently the writing is- Well, I'm wondering if he knocked her leader. out thinking she was only out, sexually assaulted her, and then realized he accidentally killed her. Yeah, and then left in a panic or something, 
And then they didn't get footprints in the carpet or anything because everyone was everybody was in the house. They thought she was just missing. And like before you fucking call like the cops about a missing child, I would search every fucking nook and cranny of my house first. Oh yeah. Like just to make sure. At least what if they're hiding somewhere silly? Where in the she was found in like the in the, the basement somewhere. Basement. Where like the in the boiler room where like the hot water tank and stuff was like behind. So no, wasn't had, it like where a wine room or something? Yeah. So so when you open the door, you can't immediately see her. You had to walk in and look around to see yeah. her. So and I'm we know people only just opened it. We're like Jean Benet, are you in here? Like and no, but they didn't see anything. And then later on, they did more extensive search of the house, and there she was. And the room almost looked like a storage area too. Like, you know, everyone kind of has like that room in their house that's just kind of like, you know, storage clutter off to the side. And that's what that kind of looked like when you see like the the photos of the the house of that room. It was just all in all, it was just an awful fucking case. And And I hope in our lifetimes that it does get solved or at least, you know. I really hope it does too. Or if that guy, if Karma already dealt that guy. He's already I think Maybe the guy that they think it dead. is is already dead. So well, hopefully her mom is. has passed, but I think her dad is still alive as well. Yeah, yeah. Is. her brother yeah. and her brother. Yeah, obviously. So I guess okay. next, maybe let's do a sort of, I guess maybe happy, like sort of happy. JC Lee Duggard kind of has oh, a sort of no, happy no, ending. Okay. It had a somewhat of a happy ending. A yep. somewhat happy ending. It was very after a very long time. Very oh, long yeah. time. But so, yeah. let, let, let's maybe have sort of a, let, let's be positive-ish. On yeah. our, our middle middle ground guys. Let's keep positive. Yeah. So uh JC Lee Duggard went Dugard. Dugard, sorry, Dugard. Do not say Duggar. I know you always hear it because of the Duggards. Dugard. JC Lee Dugard. Uh, was kidnapped at age 11 on June 10th, 1991, while walking to the school bus. Search parties scoured, uh, but all leads came up short. Uh, They did many, 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 many scours. Um, And then in 2009, this random guy with two teenage girls walked about Berkeley campus, and due to his strange behavior, he was called in. Uh, the kids were later then identified as biological kids of JC. And then she eventually was also later found still alive. So this guy, Philip Garrido, and his wife, Nancy, were arrested. Uh, they were basically behind the kidnapping and holding of JC in, like, basically this series of tents and lean-tos in their backyard. Forced her to obviously have sex, have these kids and everything. For 18 years. Yeah. She had to birth and raise those children in that lean-to. Yes. And so he was given 431 years in prison and Nancy is given 36 to life. <laughs> not so, long enough. Not well, long I think enough. She, had, either. Like, she should have got more. Right. She had her first kid like with 13 or 14. Something like that. Yeah. Like, like, and, and because she was abducted at 11, uh, the one thing that kind of came had, out, because yeah. I, I watched her like her uh, documentary, because um, I guess back then, you know, sex ed, you could argue all that, but you know, 11 you don't even know what's happening to you 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 haven't probably gotten any the the talk about periods and then all of a sudden there's a kid coming out of you like it's like you don't understand because have you even at that point known what like p and v leads to at 11 you know Mm. yeah that must be so terrifying just fucking awful like i'm when i heard about when she was found Mm-hmm. I was like, you've got to be fucking right. Me. You hear like, all these cold cases and like, they just nothing. And then like, she pops um, up like, oh, my God. The other one, the Amanda other one Barry. Amanda Barry. And, and then Amanda there's two Barry, other girls. She was missing for 10 years. And somehow, oh, and uh, 
Sylvia Brown went on uh, Montel and said that she was dead to her mother and her mother ended up passing away before Amanda was free. <gasps> Shut up. I guess that's mediums... Sylvia Brown or fraud. Oh my God. Mm. So mediums she are not always... Because she was on the show and she's like, oh honey, she's dead. Got to move on. Got to love yourself. So the sad part is like, she ended up passing away, I think from cancer a couple of years after, like, I think it's whatever. And then two years later is when they were all found. There's two mm. other girls there with them as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, that's, with all their children yeah fucking this mm. that's gross. That's so sad but it's so sad because she was oh here's the other fucked up part about that she was allowed to watch montel williams and was yelling at the screen trying to say no no i'm alive i'm right here you know like how fucked up is that that's awful like that's just oh it's heart-wrenching like fuck but like, but she was found, she was found alive, she found mm-hmm. safe, guy got fucking arrested. And-, and she has since been able to sort of cultivate a life for herself now outside. Obviously, it probably took some time for her to, you know, figure out. A book. I think she has two books, actually, if Does I'm not she? mistaken. I want to get the names of the other victims, because I definitely know one of the, uh, the victims was almost like, I think, had very bad, like, foster care was like almost homeless type thing so which if you um, if you i guess if you've ever watched unbreakable kimmy schmidt this is sort of a similar yeah type of story as well oh ariel castro was the name of the guy and i guess she was friends with one of his daughters so that's why he she kind of trusted him and that's mm-hmm. i guess a couple two of them had the same thing because yep. the ariel castro did have daughters so the other victims were michelle knight and uh gina de jesus Oh my God, do you want to hear something really funny? Well, n- not really funny, um, but they were discovered May 6, 2013. My birthday. How was your birthday? <laughs> That's why I thought it was funny. Yeah. I was yeah. just on the so, Wikipedia page for it. So. Yeah, it's not funny. It's just an interesting tidbit, you know, conversation. So, yeah. JC Dugard does have two books. Um, her first uh, was released in 2011 called A Stolen Life, and her 2016 novel was called Freedom. Mm-hmm. The cutest thing from her um interview because I watched it, I think it was one of Diane Sawyer or something, whatever. Um, yeah. but talking because when she was abducted, her sister was like a baby, like not mm-hmm. very old. Um, and then she talks about because she was you know locked up for all those years. She's like, My baby sister is teaching me how to drive. <laughs> I thought that was so adorable, you know. So oh. it's kind of heartwarming that there is, you know, the there is hope. Yeah, there, there is, is still hope. hope, there's still life after it. Like it's obviously gonna mm-hmm. be with her forever and it's always forever changed her, but guess what? She's now like you said, her freedom is her she's, book and she's now being able to just live seems, herself and live her truth. Yeah. She seems to be doing a lot better. She seems to be. And her kids like, have Those scars will never heal. But no. She's, she's doing better. The appropriate and channels and therapy and all of that yeah. stuff. It'll definitely help. I'm pretty sure she also, I think she's sued some or something. I think, I think the police, because she yeah. was actually found on like the campus security is the one that yeah the police involved yeah and she was like they were, this, it was a woman and she's like this, this does not feel right yeah yeah because he was there with the two kids taking them around or something and, and they were just like why well, she was going by a weird and then they asked to bring they were asked, she, asked to come down to the no she was with them something. there too oh, she, was she went there? by Alyssa. like that oh, was her okay. name that she adopted to kind of get through this yeah. so yeah mm-hmm. well there you go she even had to like create a persona for yourself to However, identify as a different life whatever However, gets you through or whatever she did to survive. I'm glad she did. I'm glad right. she's ha- healthy and happy now. And so yep. not all true crimes can end in badness. You know, sometimes yeah. there is still some good hope. That's what I said. We had to have at least a little light- lighthearted, yeah. good story in the middle here. Yeah. I'll just say Enron. I don't even know the whole case. I just right. know it's like a, oh wait, that's 2000s. Okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> should, we, should we mention one that does not have to do with death? Sure. 
Which one? Uh, the Mary Kay Letourneau. Okay. Oh, this yes. Was, like yes. this one was. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Like, me? are you fucking kidding me? When I saw the headline of this, teacher sleeps with twelve-year-old student. Twelve. Not even. He's 16, our age. Seventeen. Yeah. Fucking. 12. And then she later had kids with them. They got married they and they were stunning. divorced in 2019 oh and she had passed in 2020. Mm-hmm. COVID? No, cancer. Uh, cancer. Mm-hmm. Sorry, anyone that's dies what happened. 20 and 23, you think it's COVID. Well, um, that's what happens when you date someone 20 years older than you. They're probably going to die when you're you know, still young. But still, like, just... she was still young. Like, if you still think about it, it's only 20 years oh. older and she's our age. It's only in your 50s. Like, she's still. Oh, yeah. Of... She was still young. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just I, making the. I can't get over the 12 year old. Right. Like, what, what, what makes you. What about his equipment turned you on? Yeah. What about his equipment could. Like, I don't even. What no, about ew. his personality <laughs> made you connect? You were a. A, a woman in your 2030s and your 12 year old what 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 did you have that was like cohesive her, what did you have to talk about what did you her giny tickled let's just leave it you, at that her giny tickled like did either of you guys see her um i don't know which talk show she was on but when they got married or whatever they were like defending their relationship and la 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 and why am i being so harshly judged and blah, blah, blah. he was 12 if this was a guy older guy and younger girl he would have been arrested immediately flds how was she not arrested like okay steph do you know more about this like was she arrested how much time did she serve like what do you know what the details are like how was this found out i did not because she was knocked up with the first kid yeah i think that's what it was is she just got knocked up with the first kid and so the and her i think her husband found out about it too vili valuo I'm gonna, I feel like bad for She was 34 in the summer of 96. Her relationship with 12 year old turned from platonic to sexual. Police came upon Ew. her in a car in a, with the boy in a marina parking lot. She was seen jumping into the front seat while Falau, I think that's how it's pronounced, pretended to Lau. sleep in the, in the back. Falau? I don't know. Um, she and him. Apologize. Falau? Yeah, that's why I was like Falau. Um, yeah. Billy, provided, his first name is Billy. Yeah, Billy provided false names. Billy with asked, a B. Oh, Billy, sorry. Uh, provided false names when asked for ID, and he lied about his age, saying that he was 18. Said that no touching had taken place. Uh, she said her and her husband had gotten into an argument, and uh, Bill said it was a family friend who had been staying with them at, that night, witnessed the argument, and they ran away upset. They were then taken she... to the police station and his mother was called. The mother asked what, what should be done. Um, later, it was said that the police had uh, alerted her to the fact that Letourneau had lied about his age and what had occurred in the car. Uh, she was arrested March 4th, 1997 with a relative of her husband contacted the police. Because the relationship um, came crashing to a halt in February of 97 when Steve Letourneau found love letters that his wife had written to Fualau. Later that month, a relative of Steve's reported the affair to officials at Shorewood Elementary, and the police were notified, and Letourneau, who at the time was pregnant with the child, was arrested and charged with statutory rape. Who was born on Dude, May 29th, 1997. She's yep. 35 writing fucking love letters yep. to a seventh grader? Yep. And then three months- Isn't that the definition of grooming? <laughs> three months after the birth of their daughter, Letourneau pled guilty to two counts of second-degree rape. Yeah. And served six months. And the defense psychiatrist testified that and she suffered from bipolar disorder. She was um, not and initi- was sentenced to seven years in prison 
After she serving was, 80 days, she was granted a release on one condition that she entered a treatment program for sex offenders and promised not to have any contact with Billy. Originally, which obviously didn't happen because there's a number two child. Yeah. She was not required to initially register as a sex offender either. I think she is since now, but she at first initially she wasn't. As part of her plea agreement, she could not contacted Falau or her five children or have contact with any minors. She became the subject of an international tabloid scandal and experienced symptoms of degraded mental health, according to acquaintances. Where you were fucking a 12-year-old and you have degraded mental health? Like, come on. Well, of course you do, because how how else would you be even sexually attracted to a 12-year-old? Right? You needed, yeah. For, okay, um, can I just take a second and just give my condolences to Steve, her husband, husband? whose wife left him for a 12 year old? Like, I think four children. I think four, and if I missed five, she wasn't allowed to contact him once she had with him. So, yeah, she had four, I believe, with him. Jeez. And if I'm not mistaken, I think all four of them cut off ties with her. And I, I honestly don't I blame you. I absolutely fucking would have too. Mm-hmm. Like, ew, gross. Like, I would have been changing my name and shit and everything. Not one. I would not want to be like at mm-hmm. all linked to that woman. Like, yeah. that was just fucking gross. But then, how many kids did they have? They ended up only having what two, two or three? Two. Two. And then they got divorced. She was released. Separated. From prison, August fourth, two thousand and four, and registered the following day as a level two sex offender. So then following the release, then age 21, Ville persuaded the court to reverse the no contact order against her. Probably because she was knocked up with number two. They got married May 20th in 2005. So he would have been 21, 22. 22. Yeah, he's literally uh, uh, born June something. So he's like literally like five days older than Lindy. Fucking gross. That's literally so fucking gross. Yeah. So... And now to kind of take it lighter, just before we go darker again, there's a whole episode of South Park that kind of talks the same story. And then the whole like running joke of it, instead of like getting outraged, the cops are like, cause she, uh, it was the kindergarten hot kindergarten teacher who was like having an affair with Ike, you know, Kyle's little brother, little baby brother. Yeah. So when Kyle goes and reports it to the the police officers, like, Oh, that teacher. And then instead of like charging her, they're like, nice, nice. Yeah, it was definitely anyway, patriarchy. Definitely okay. a case. So, I don't know. Yes. Um, should we jump into some of the celebrity crimes that we? Yeah, we can hit a couple of those. Yeah. Which ones do you want to start with? Um, OJ. I mean, we got we'll start with OJ. We'll start OJ. with OJ. I mean, he was OJ, the biggest. Okay. He was the biggest. Like, this one, this one, I really remember because it was the very first time. I believe I was in eighth, seventh, or eighth grade. We were at McGregor. I was at McGregor. Seventh grade, and, and they were playing the the trial like in in the library. At McGregor, library. I saw that. Yeah. I was there. That was the first and only time I ever, well, other than when nine eleven happened, um, that they literally stopped class for us to like watch something. Yeah, and like we got to watch the trial like every fucking day. It was fantastic. I didn't watch it every day, but I remember specifically the verdict. Yeah. yeah, we got we got to watch the trial whenever we like had like between classes or at lunch or something. We were allowed to oh okay go in the library and watch uh watch yeah. the trial. So June twelfth, nineteen ninety four, um, his ex wife Nicole and her lover Ronald Goldman were found stabbed outside of friend Nicole, friend mm-hmm. lover friend whatever outside of Nicole's condo. Then it was followed by the infamous car chase in his Bronco white bronco white bronco driving down the white bronco and they just brought the bronco back and they're hideous right um so the trial started on november 9th 1994 and was decided october 3rd 1995 it was highly publicized and watched on 
uh, TV trials and everything. Like it was, like you said, people, we watched it in school. People watched it at home. It was publicized. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. Like we've all, we all saw it at that time. If you, if you don't blame if you didn't know who Simpson was, you were under a rock in the middle of the nineties. He was an NFL player. Yeah. Or if you didn't know yeah. he was an NFL player, you knew him from this trial. Yeah. Either way, well, yeah. but even before that's the trial, was, he was also in that profile. He was in that's that movie with profile. Leslie Nielsen too. Remember, uh, oh, Naked yeah. Gun? He was doing some acting because, like, he was like the equivalent of like your typical like today athletes was trying to get into acting, trying to get into broadcasting, trying to kind of diversify and shit. When your career is um, kind of coming to an end, yeah. No. Quick but millennial that's moment. Was, that's oh. why it was such a high profile case because he oh, yeah. was a, a huge NFL player. Yeah. You might still have these in your house, but do you remember I was like obsessed with Madden Crash magazines back in the day? And one of the issues they had they had stickers that you could put on your pogs and turn them into OJ Simpson trial pogs. That's pretty rad <laughs> to be honest. I if, if I know I think Steph has like my pog thing. I don't know if they're in there yeah. still or not, but if they I are, if you can find it, that would be fucking hilarious to put up as like your picture for this. So how does it say how long the trial lasted? Mm-hmm. Like it was wild. I, November 9th, really 94 time. to October 3rd, 95. Well, we were in. Sorry, um, say that again. Say that again. It started November 9th, 1994, and it was decided October 3rd, 1995. So that just about a year. Almost a full year. Just about a full year. Oh, I know it was that long. Oh, Damn. Because I remember we were in Cape Breton that summer, and I remember um it was on tv at, at the the house that we were staying at so i remember that too because they were watching it then and then i remember going into um i just started grade seven that year going into 95 so yeah i would have been watching the uh the verdict at school and if you've watched the uh american people, crime story of it they have people versus oj yeah people versus oj you can kind of see a little bit more about what kind of happened and can we just like stan well, marcia clark right now like that woman like my god what? she was just doing her fucking job she was an a, a district attorney this case kind of fell in her lap because she's yep. in la and mm-hmm. then she gained scrutinized for her looks like fuck off she right? never asked for this are you surprised though because that's not at all but in hindsight world mm-hmm. i know but just in hindsight it's justice for fucking marcia clark fuck yeah like fuck all y'all like right and she was like oh. a divorce, like if you watch the show, because she was played by the wonderful Sarah Paulson, I think she was also like a single mother, like divorced too. So like having to deal with all that shit. You and got now a lot of shit going being- on and people yeah, and then being on her. On the cover of like tabloids because you have a bad perm, like fuck off. No, well, perms were awful. So oh, I mean, they were awful. Sure but they were, like- but that's on you. No, um, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I think there is like, and there's also the whole nuance of like all of the, um, I think if you go back there, like a lot of parts of the community wanted him to be acquitted because they thought that they were just going after him because of, you know, race issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other side, if you listen to, I think it's like real crime profile, they actually have like tapes. And this is what made me think that I think he totally did it. Um, But he was abusing Nicole Brown and was very possessive of her. And they actually had one of her 911 calls and you can just hear him going ballistic in the background and poor Nicole just sounds so sad. Um, were these not played in court? Like were these- at the I'm sure time? they were. I just heard them on this podcast. 
but it's kind of crazy if you think about it because ron goldman they were only going on a date because they they weren't really like i don't i mean maybe they fucked i can't remember but they were kind of just starting like being friends relationship like so it wasn't even that big into it he was 26 like he was a baby and she was like 35 like they're both babies like my mm-hmm. god that always freaks know, me out when i find out so, ron goldman's 26 because i feel so like weird. he's much older like when you when we start talking about some of these cases and it's like oh they were only 20 and we're only 30 it's like Oh, it seemed like they were so older and now I'm older than when they, oh, weird. Yeah. Uh, we are, Denny, you and I are now like four or five years older than Nicole was when she died. Right? And like it's just, it's no matter likes you when you're 23. I just, I just think of like what, just what their lives could have had. Yeah. And it's just awful. Yeah. Um, But I did find something, I did find a kind of a fun fact about O.J. Simpson. Okay. Um, that, so after he was famously acquitted in 1995 for being charged with killing his ex-wife and Ron, um, in 2008, he was sentenced to 33 years in Nevada prison for armed robbery, but he was let out on parole after just nine years in 2017 for good behavior. That's funny. Did you know that? I didn't know I that. I feel like I remember something about him in a, in a jumpsuit, but I didn't remember why. I feel like I don't remember that at all. I, I remember this right. is the same guy who wrote the novel. Well, if I did it, essentially, like yeah, what, what if I did, or like it, it was. Um, uh, so I guess now we can kind of move on to another sort of weird uh, um, celebrity shooting. Oh, if I did it, it's called if I did if it. If I did, I did it. it, yeah, yeah. If I did it, well, of course you did. Um, so our next celebrity death oh. would be Saint Selena. <laughs> your mother called me heartless for not crying at the end of this movie (laughs) it's still sad you don't need need to cry though you don't need to cry but it's definitely sad maybe i wasn't so sensitive as a teenager Mm -hmm. but i'm telling you right now like i did watch this movie maybe like a year ago or something like that because it's on a whim or something yeah i fucking ugly cried through the whole thing so I fucking cried during Selena. <laughs> I there was also oh, the Netflix so series with um uh Christian yeah. Serrados. I need to watch that yeah. one. I haven't watched that one yet, but like oh my god, Selena's kitties. Sorry, I've yeah. just been watching Dry Grace. All right. So yeah, um, rundown. Selena was shot and killed by Yolanda Saldivar on March 31st, 1995. Uh, this was her fan club manager. She was convicted and sentenced to prison in 30 years. She is eligible for parole as of March 30th, 2025. So she's still in there for at least another two years for sure. And why did she, she kill her? Got her because she found out she was embezzling money from her fans. Yes. Right? It's over money. Like over that's money. It's always over money. It's always oh, over it's money. It's always over money. It just breaks your it's fucking heart. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't and control she somebody. She held oh. herself hostage in the van for like, what was it, like nine hours or something mm-hmm. like that, threatening to kill mm-hmm. herself until the cops were able to talk her down and arrested her. So it's just, God, could I you mean, imagine if this didn't happen? Like the, the art we would have got. She was her? just making her way as the crossover. She, she would have gone English, yeah. into English, which would have brought well, she so more did. to the Latino. She had made yeah. like the Latino. Yeah, she had recorded you, half of her crossover album. Do you think that maybe the, the Latin invasion of 98, 99 would have started earlier 
Um, Absolutely. Still- oh, for it sure. It wouldn't have been Ricky Martin who was taking the forefront. Yeah. It would have been Selena. Who Girls rule. Yeah, take that, Selena. Because <laughs> not long after she was making hers, it was the Spice Girls were right there. It was a very big girl power late '90s. She would have been the reason for the Spanish. Her- and she was oh. an amazing performer. Oh, so her good. song was was my first slow dance ever when I was like eight at <laughs> yeah. the trailer. With Dreaming Matt of you. Because I had a crush on him when I was eight and he was like 16. Yeah. And so he danced with me at the dance and it was to uh, one of Selena's like ballads. I don't remember which one though. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I know that that J-Lo got some flack for or like the people that cast J-Lo got flack for casting her as Selena because they casted a Puerto Rican for a Latina woman. Yeah. Or was it? Because she was from Tejano. Tejano, Tex-American. Because yeah. Tejano yeah, like singer, was, yeah. Yeah, and or whatever, but I think she did great. She and did do a great job. So like just on, like I they were like, on point. They were definitely great. Um, so good. I remember watching I think, it in Miss in Miss Johnson's grade eight class because yeah. she was my English teacher. I think I gotta say that one's probably the closest to its actual events that a biopic is. Well, I think the family were also involved, like her father yes, was were also one of the producers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, the father was one of the producers. I, I believe her husband was also one of the producers. Yeah, I think oh, so. Chris I Perez. Story. I like they she just got married. Bought a farm. Just a baby. Right. They bought a farm. Like, and then bam, end of life because of Yolanda, you stupid selfish. Some stupid selfish but, woman wanted. And then money. I guess we can go in the whole thing about like easy access to guns. Like, why were you bringing a gun to just talk? She just wanted to talk about it. Why do you even have a fucking gun on you? Texas, unfortunately, gun laws a little more open there. But that's I know you got your piece on you, like right. Stupid. Didn't it was so so senseless, just so senseless. So another senseless killing as well. Um, I just, I, I just have to mention her. The outpouring love her family got from her fans. Absolutely, like the amount of like the flowers, the letters, like the memorials, the uh, with the vigils that were held, like all across the world. Yeah, like oh, yeah. it was world known. Like she wasn't a huge world pop, like a world star yet, but she became. You could one. tell it was gonna come. It yeah. was coming. She became one after her death for sure. Well, that so, album was awesome. Yeah, so, so, like, even if yeah. she didn't die, she probably so, would have still been Our next uh, Saint Selena senseless celebrity killing was Phil Selena. Hartman by his stupid bitch wife, which Danielle put in my grade nine yearbook that year. (laughs) I feel so bad because I know now that she had like mental health issues, alcohol abuse problems and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, I didn't know better in 97. True. 99. No excuse. Shot and killed by his wife while he was sleeping. Like I said, she had drug and alcohol abuse problems. And then afterwards she had just killed herself, which also I realized that I think they were about to separate. And for those who don't know, Phil Hartman is Troy McClure. Yeah, he did a lot <laughs> um, of voices on The Simpsons. Did a lot of voices on The Simpsons. And he was born Lionel in Hutz. Brantford. I did not yep. know that one. He was born in Brantford. Yep. yep. Yay, Phil Hartman. I think, I think he did some of the SCTVs before he went into SNL. So I could be wrong about that one. But yeah, he was a great comedian. He was a great talent lost. Right. That voice, man. That voice. And wasn't, wasn't there. Single all the way. Wasn't there a huge investigation thinking that it was like a murderer, not a murder suicide? Was that? Am I remembering that right? No, I think no. it. I think it was, it was pretty cut and dry. Okay. It was a cut maybe and I'm mixing that up suicide. with something with, with a different one. Yeah. Oh, was it? No, never mind. No. I think he was wanting to leave her, and I think it was a type of thing where, yeah. 
It was like, if I can't have you, no one can kind of deal. Yeah, kind of like reverse. Or she, she divorced me and I have nothing, I have no career or something and then I'm left to my she own. never life. had a career, wasn't That's she? That's what just... I mean. If oh. she gets divorced, then she's broke. So some people also panic because they're broke. Do some crazy shit to your mind. Nope. Also it's not having, from being a millionaire to broke can also do weird yeah. things yeah. to your mind. Yeah. The next thing of the 90s, did you have a Columbine on there? Because I know that's yeah, a it's kind of down yeah. towards the bottom, but yeah. I, oh, gotcha. yes, we didn't have a I didn't get many um, details on that one right so now. So our next celebrity one, Biggie and Tupac. I mean, we all know about this one. These they're, were gunshots heard across the fucking world when this happened. And I believe they're still both clo- cold cases as well, too. Yeah, like, I don't think either of them have been solved they to this think day. That Shug Knight is responsible Shug. for the other. No, it was all Shug. It was all fucking Shug that I haven't watched any of the biopics or oh. anything like that. So I Time don't to know restart, y'all. Okay. Yeah. So what I, I found like a little thingy on uh on them to give a little snippet of uh what the case was about. So the murders of Tupac and Biggie, Biggie Smalls in the late 90s, two of hip-hop's most influential artists were killed within six months of each other. On September 7th, 1996, Tupac Shakur was gunned down, dying six days later. Then on March 9th, 1997, Biggie Smalls, a.k.a. Notorious B.I.G., a suspect in Tupac's murder, was shot and killed as well. Um, the two started off as friends, but quickly became enemies in the East Coast-West Coast War. Suspects ranged from former Death Row Records CEO Suge Knight to corrupt officers in the LAPD. New theories still arise today from lifelong fans hoping to solve the murders of two young rappers at the height of their careers. From people for the longest time, Tupac wasn't dead. He was just in hiding. <laughs> yeah so they'd see the like sightings of tupac sightings of tupac just like back there in the day video... see sightings of elvis and stuff like that from back in the day there was a music video released um they they released a music video of something of tupac that was unreleased back in the day and they put together a music Angels? video called, of i maybe i don't know yeah. that put together like clips uh, unused clips from other whatever videos recording and, stuff, videos. Yeah. and in one of them he was driving a mercedes that was released in like 2012 allegedly or I, I allegedly i watched the video it doesn't <laughs> like but i am no video expert so i don't know if it could have been photoshopped or any way which or form it looked legit unless they had like a tupac really look alike or something but there are a lot of theories that he's not actually dead and right? that he just wanted to get out of it he used the the shot was a was an unfortunate thing and instead of like recovering and going back and whatever he was just like tell everyone i'm dead i'm gonna go live on an island somewhere by myself I That's don't what I believe. Would do. That's what I, I def- would do. I definitely don't, I don't buy it. into that. I don't <laughs> no. Like, unfortunately, I do believe that he is gone. Like, it's, I, yeah. I believe he's because wasn't he like really about, close with his mother? He was. He was yeah. so and close with his at mom the time. He was dating Rashida Jones's sister, or was that before? Oh. But like, you know, like there, like there's a lot of people who love him, and I feel like you know, kind of listen to some of his music. He was very he much wanting to called- tell. Dear mama, he was very close with his mom. Like it was all about his mom. So I don't like, feel yeah, like someone think... like that is gonna disappear just because they didn't want to handle it anymore. They would have probably just retired, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that, but that's just okay. um, that's interesting theory. Interesting theory floating around. Yeah, it's always mm-hmm. shug. It's always been I, shug. When, there, when there's a... this... oh, go ahead. No, I don't have like a lot of like memories of like I absolutely remember hearing about it and being shocked by it and whatever because I absolutely knew who they were. I've heard their songs. I liked a few of them. But this we were in middle school. I was yeah. 14. I was a, a Hanson fan, a Moffitt's fan, and yeah. well, Backstreet Boys. Like I wasn't well, well they would have played Hypnotize and uh, California yeah. Love at the school dances. And, so we would have known and, those two. 
but I just, it wasn't, yeah. I didn't really start listening to their music more willingly until like well after they had both okay. passed, like probably into my twenties. But mm-hmm. um, I definitely remember hearing about this and being like, well, what's the big deal about like their mm-hmm. rivalry? Like, why can't they? I never understood. Yeah, can't we territory. be friends? Like, yeah. no, like, I, I never understood territory rivalries mm-hmm. when it comes to, to rap artists. Like I, there's enough I, to it's all go money. around. I would Not guess it has to be all about today's, money. And today's think, streaming and the amount of artists that are available now, like, are you kidding me? That kind of competition existed today. It's not as prevalent now, obviously, yeah. But even back obviously. then, it was definitely, I think some of it was also probably a little bit more manufactured as well. For ego. Yeah. Well, because some people were and... like, I was a thug, and then you find out, no, they weren't. Yeah, know, exactly. Like, like for, for, for lives representation and, um, and street cred. But with Biggie, um, we have to mention Puffy's, contribution to it his song i'll be missing you which was taken from um i'll be watching you by the police which even changes by tupac features the the song like that's just the way it is yeah some things will never change things will always be the same like their music is very relevant within like all of pop culture like i'm pretty sure we're still seeing the same issues and there's either a tupac or a biggie song in almost every fucking movie yeah, <laughs> like it really is. I just remember, like, the best one I can remember is watching like t- Ten Things I Hate About You, and she's dancing on the table the to table hypnotize. Table exactly. Yeah. Right. Or she hits her head. Oh, we'll cover just... that movie eventually. Or did we already? We didn't cover that movie yet, have we? No, I don't oh, but it's just like that's <laughs> such a fucking memory, and that was such great music. And again, kind of just like with Selena, like who knows what more they could have done. What more could have happened. Yeah, they could have. Yeah. Like especially, yeah, their lyrics, their beats, like it all just could have transcended. They were hip-hop. revolutionary in the hip hop industry. Yes, absolutely. Like, excuse me, without Tupac and Biggie, you wouldn't have. I don't think you'd have the names you have today. Yeah. Um, but That's yeah, like, I, like would they have already like kind of backed away and let the new generation? Would they be doing like you know, mass singer or would Tupac? I think Tupac would probably be really into like the um, just from hearing his lyrics and wanting to help change the the. Um, you know the 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 whole like Compton lifestyle. Do you think he'd probably be more an activist? You know, like where would you know? Right, like once he got his money settled, he would have probably gone a little bit more into activism versus just you know street cred or whatever. Like well, that. he was also acting too. He yeah, was in po- dead po- no poetic, uh, justice? poetic justice. Yeah, yeah. with uh, Jan Jackson. Jan Jackson. Yeah, he was the same well, thing. Trying again, to get into some of that. He was in more than that, wasn't he? I think I so, but that's just the first one that comes to my head. Rashida, like again, was dating Rashida Jones's sister. I'm trying to remember what her name is, but like their father is Quincy Jones. So yeah, you know. exactly. Like he'd totally be BLM right now and probably be like really leading that revolution. And I, I would hope that we I, would, you know. Yeah, I feel like we missed out. He was talking about CRT back then without having the the words yeah. for it. Let's be honest. I feel like we missed out on a lot of possible world changing things from him. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like he could have changed the world yeah. for the better, I would hope. But unfortunately, rivalries and anger and testosterone get in the way. And now we have men, lots of great talents. And men well, like remember- to get very angry and blow shit up. So would that lead again, to our next one? With their fucking gun laws. Or behind on- the music, again, behind the music, Shook Knight hung somebody out by their legs over a fucking balcony. Like that was all. That's that what I say. Proven. It's always Shook Knight. Um, so <laughs> that industry um, is fucking shady right but so on to our next one long? like i said men who like to blow shit up so timothy McVeigh, michael bay yeah michael <laughs> bay explosions no substance 
Donaldson. Yeah, this one. Um, oh, I Timothy remember McVeigh, this one. The Oklahoma City. I, know, I didn't mean um, to get all excited, but there's a huge like correlation to what gets to there that I just watched recently on Netflix. But anyways, sorry. Yeah. So this um, happened. Oh, I didn't put the date in here. Uh, 95. 95. Uh, it April 19th, wasn't it? I think so. So it had killed 168 people. 19 were kids. And it, it had injured an additional 680 people. He had blew up one third of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building. At the time, it was the deadliest attack on U.S. soil prior to 9-11. And Timothy McVeigh died June 11th, 2001. A white dude, by the way. Yeah, white dude mm-hmm. always. Angry white dude. So I just kind of do like the little thing about how it's kind of connected to a couple other big monumental cases of the 90s. Mm-hmm. So going back to I think 91, we had Ruby Ridge. It was just a family who just wanted to live off the grid. Um, the area of Idaho, Idaho that they were living in was very big white supremacist. Mm-hmm. Um, so they ended up making friends with them, but they didn't really believe their stuff. But they got into like... Um, sawing off shotguns or something like basically trying to like make weapons automatic instead of semi-automatic and so the fda got involved and then when the fda got involved they ended up like trying to like have him turn on the people they were actually trying to get which was the white supremacist group um but of course you know once you're kind of in the the boonies you know my freedoms and 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 stuff like that so what ended up happening is ended up killing their dog and their son why a dog yeah Leave the dogs alone. Right? Like, always. Yeah. Leave the well, it, the dog was killed, shot first. And then the kid was like 14. He ran up. He's like, what the fuck? Why do you shoot my fucking dog? And they, it was just like, fuck up from, I don't know if it was the, uh, the FDA or like the FBI, but like something of the government and ended up becoming a huge stand at this place that ended up resulting with like the mother being killed. I think the father ended up getting arrested and there was like two daughters that were saved. But basically that kind of gives you like the mentality of like the whole, we got to, you know, protect ourselves, get all the guns, protect us from this tyranny government. So cut that now. And then to Waco, Texas, that was like David Koresh. That's on our list the Branch Davidians. So yeah, that definitely. one, I won't go into a lot, a lot of detail, but same type of thing. They were a cult, but they were also like accumulating weapons and trying to like turn them from, you know, dangerous to more dangerous and the, whatever the gun people, I'm not American. Yeah. Um, you can tell me what, if I'm telling it wrong, but like essentially, I, 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 no, not the NRA. No, they're not government. FDA. Anyway, food no, and drug. Not the food and FDA. drug. I mean, I keep saying the FDA. Yeah, well, I'm like FDA, food and drug. No, what is it? DEA. Sorry, that's a DEA. Drug and drug. Yeah, drug and drug enforcement agency. Yeah. So okay. t- tobacco, firearms, yeah. So the firearm okay. side of it. So the Branch Davidians, because you know, culty and whatever. So they were doing this stuff of like changing like the uh, the weapons over. Um, people found out. Then the FBI were going to go, and then another huge standoff that basically resulted um, of about forty days. That they 41. were standing off. Forty one. Okay, yep. but this is now where we get Timothy McVeigh because he was there supporting the Branch Davidians and was actually selling basically anti government merch. Yeah. And so his motive was anti-government sentiment retaliation. Uh, well, I knew, I knew those were his Waco motives. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't. And know then the it, the actual date oh. that the um the actual date that the Oklahoma City bombing happened, uh, or two years after Waco to the day, and he went after that building because I guess the guy who instigated the attacking of like Waco at the very very end there, um, I guess his branch of the FBI was in that building. He was originally from Lockport, New York. 
That's a little sad. Oh, I'm sorry, Lindsay. Right? <laughs> and he was executed by lethal injection at the age of 33. Good. Oh. Fuck you, Timothy McVeigh. But still, like, like think like, about it. 33, like, again, at the time, like, I feel I like we were still, so young okay. and I'm like, oh, he seems so old. It's like, oh, he was only 33. Like, I feel ooh. like I need to add to that statement. I don't condone the death penalty because there are cases where people have been wrongfully convicted and released after 30 fucking years for for murders and things like that they never committed. But when it is an open and shut case like this one. Yes, I agree. Yeah, fuck you. you deserve there is blatant evidence, videos showing you've yeah, admitted like everything. No reasonable doubt. It yes. was Timothy McVeigh. I remember something there about being like a white, like florist van involved. Okay. A white van. Like that's how they caught him. I feel like. Oh, it says I, ammonium, I don't know how they caught them. <laughs> ammonium nitrate, nitro nitro Ga- gas and uh, manure so yeah, yeah that makes sense it was, a, it was a truck bomb yeah and um, i think it was a florist it was a florist truck that like it was stolen okay. or something yeah so, so it makes uh, sense. yeah yeah and then the other thing if you think about it too like just knowing like the anti-government sentiment thing we still see that today with you know certain sects of certain areas and you know white supremacy oh. and all that stuff and ugh. it was a rider truck rider rider truck it was a rider truck yeah okay um, um and yeah. I guess we also had another bombing in the Olympic Park back in the yep. in the Centennial Olympic uh, Park bombing, 1996 yep. in Atlanta, Georgia. Was someone actually hurt in that one? Uh, uh, one death one? and a hundred injuries. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not saying that 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 is not you know. Security guards uh, a suspicious package under a park. Richard bench. Jewell, right? Richard Jewell, yes. I believe so. Yeah. Discovered, yeah. Security guard. Um, so that a pipe, was a, what appeared to be a pipe bomb under yeah. a bench in the park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he called police yeah. immediately and helped lead to people to safety before the blast. Um, he was labeled a hero, but then quickly became the FBI's main suspect for almost three mm-hmm. months. The FBI investigation and media attention ruined his life. His name was eventually cleared, but the real bomber, Eric Rudolph, wasn't caught until 2013. Look, wow. that's a long fucking time. Subject of the how did, how did th- why i think he was bombing other stuff that's how they found him there's a really oh, good okay. uh, series it's, on netflix well, they probably I, was, have- I was just gonna say here it says that it was the subject of a clint eastwood film as well as season two of discovery channel's anthology series manhunt there's also yeah netflix had a good show about him too and the guy who played uh the guy who plays richard jewell i love that actor he also played um so a past uh guy oh i can't remember his name it doesn't really matter i don't want to get off topic but it's yeah. really good the one that's on netflix i i love that actor who plays richard jewel all right um do we only have one left i mean for the 90s ones anyway no because basically the main thing yeah, after about the 90s like maybe y2k but that's not really true crime that's more oh. just kind of yeah i think we should wrap it up with columbine yep I mean, okay. just some quick so, other just, ones that weren't really yeah. big, before, I guess. So, okay. so before we get into our last one, just mention a few other ones that did. Just, just, just quick fire, rapid fire. So we had the death of Versace, Andrew Cunanan, which was also one of those American crime stories. You can watch about it. Um, Princess Diana. We yes. all know, unfortunately, about getting, you know, the yeah. killed accident. by the paparazzis in car accident. And um, conspiracy years with that one, of course, too, because of yep. the whole establishment. But yeah, there was Lorena Bobbitt who kind yeah. of okay. penis. <laughs> really quick, really, really quick. I I stand her. Who I stand her. The song. Who remembers the song? Weird Al. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was just a schoolyard song that we that we put together. Did, was it not amongst other other schools? 
I don't know. Maybe. Okay, so really quick, it was to the theme of like um in the jungle, where it's like in the bedroom. Oh, in the bedroom, the mighty bedroom, the bat had a knife. No, John Bobbitt slept tonight in the kitchen, the mighty kitchen. Lorena grabbed a knife up the hall and down the steps into the peaceful room. Grabbed his heenie, cut off his weenie, blood all over the room. A wee and a racker, wee and a racker, wee and a racker, wee and a racker. I think we parts of it made it to our school, yeah. not the whole thing. Yeah, we got but a different the, version, but yeah. But the really sad thing is she one. was a victim of constant violence yes. and he was an yes. asshole. And Sorry, yeah. don't feel bad for you, John. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious. You cut your penis off and then she threw it in a fucking field across the fucking street from your house. Couldn't find it. It, like, died so they couldn't re- reattach it. So he had to wait for a transplant. No, he did. No, it did get reattached. Oh. No, it did. Oh, oh, I thought he waited for a transplant. It, it, no, it got reattached because that's why he got into porn because people were interested in wanting to see this reattached penis. <laughs> Ew! You forgot about his porn career? I did a little bit actually. Yes, but now I. Oh, he was like everywhere. Like that was like the Jerry Springer Ew, era. That's so fucking gross. No, and there's a really good um, documentary on Prime, uh, uh, Lorena's side, and oh, I stand that woman, and she's still trying to work to help make sure that, like, you know, violent, you know, women, violence against women and abused women can get help and shelter, and I stand that woman. Yeah. Yeah, I stand by her too. Right. Um, we also had Amy Lynn Bradley, which uh, um, she disappeared on a cruise ship, and there have been sightings in like Caribbean countries that she's still alive because she has a tar- 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 Tasmanian devil tattoo, which is like honestly like the most 1990s tattoo you can you think could ever of. Get. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And her brother's name is Brad Bradley. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't mean to laugh, but don't do that to your child. But um, to this day, you know, did she get lost overseas? Was she sold into human trafficking? There's been sightings that she had been sold in and trying to get rescued. Maybe she hated her life and just left it. Wanted to change. Yep. I mean, I wouldn't blame a woman for doing that. Right. Oh, dude, I just had a memory that we can do in the 2000s. But no, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Just a couple of more here. We have the Menendez brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lastly, the right abuse abuse mm-hmm. no and their then, parents were abusing them yep. and then the last I, one which was always been a very controversial tracy latimer in the freshman memory oh is that when he killed his daughter because she was in a wheelchair she had too many diseases and stuff like that and her life this was just, like her quality the- of life was just terrible or something and the mm-hmm. medical wouldn't this do stuff for her or something okay. the argument gotcha. for uh, medically assisted end of life thing yes started. comes this into where, like play. that conversation kind of started. oh just before sky uh, terry shiva which would probably be the 2000s yeah. so yeah because so. like why should like yeah it just mm-hmm. awful quality of life and pain yeah. but he knew his consequences his potential consequences and, and it says 25 anyway. years after conviction he yeah. still believes he was right to kill his daughter i believe he was right i agree too he's been fighting for a pardon after, um for trying to get out but they apparently won't let if him they out. make it like they've already made medically assisted suicide like legal in a lot know. of places mm-hmm. and if it's in the same place where he's incarcerated or where his crime was committed i think he should be acquitted of we it overturned so it said she had severe cerebral palsy and suffered chronic oh. pain from repeated surgeries. She couldn't walk, talk, or feed herself. He maintains her pain was unbearable and functioned with mental capacity of a four-year-old infant. Anyways. Yeah. So that was kind of, again, so that was kind of the last one I had from the nineties. Again, it is one of those things where it's like, is it valid? Is it not valid? Like, but it could have led to other people's like sentiments to changing laws to where we have it now. Right. Cause that's like, how laws change. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's change. unfortunate that 
there are people out there that like they're not even they're making the choices and I'm here watching my daughter suffer in pain but these idiot Christian or whatever they are saying no you can't kill because all these lives are precious and it's like pro-life I, pro-life don't, I don't 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 say Christians they'll love that Sorry. persecution fetish my fault my fault so pro-lifers mm-hmm. are all like oh we need to keep people alive we need to keep people alive but at what quality of life yeah, exactly. do we keep people alive yep. it's unfortunate Sometimes, if they can't enjoy it why do they yeah. want to like, i don't know you've, you've got to ask yourself is it living or is it just fucking surviving at this point right. and maybe right. being able-bodied people we have a very different perspective on this maybe someone is just grateful to be alive i but wouldn't want to live like that right mm-hmm. what quality of life? do not want to live like that what quality of life do they yeah. have okay they, like anyways off track last so one. lastly is the All most defined our this one defined other than 9-11 this was our most defining moment of our adolescence this generation and it's still happening today which is the very unfortunate part about this one as well it just happened last week exactly that's what i mean it's still happening to this day and we're talking like 25 years later almost so obviously we're talking about on april and it happened before too like i don't like mondays that's a case based on a school shooting right the polytechnic school oh i called polytechnic oh my god but we're talking about columbine today it was the main one that kind of thrust it to the forefront and then wasn't it like not even like two weeks later there was one in alberta somewhere or bc that was almost like a copycat but they didn't want to call it a copycat but it wasn't totally copycat or something i think there was a lot of those that happened so on april 9th or april 20th 1999 um two kids uh eric harris and dylan klebold walked into their high school and basically ended up murdering 12 students one teacher and themselves It wasn't the video games and it wasn't Marilyn Manson. (laughs) It wasn't the hard metal music, whatever they tried to blame it on back then. They they weren't even unpopular. That's the thing that gets lost a lot in this. They weren't even unpopular. They They had friends. Yeah. They had, yeah, but the pop, the quote unquote popular kids still bullied them for their like in music and their, their way they dressed and the way they acted and the way they talked everything. And I am not blaming the bullies in any way, shape or form. Yeah. No, God, no, no reason to shoot someone. But they weren't as well. like outcast as the media made it out to be though. Yes, they, they it, this one is hard to put into words. Like this one. Cause we were in high school. school. This yeah. one happened, this, we were all, this is 1999. So um, I was 16. 98. September September 99 I entered high school so like yeah yeah so I we were well this is around the time I was getting bullied like from a couple of the the popular kids at that time because I remember I was at Jess Trudell's house when we found out it happened wow that's a name I haven't heard in a while (laughs) I found out because I got home from school that day and my mom and dad like were watching the news like because they were showing live of like these kids running like head covered covered in fucking blood running from their schools jumping out of fucking windows i walk into the room and i my mom immediately like just rushed me and gave me a hug and i'm like what is happening what is going she goes and i'm just glad you came home alive i'm like what the fuck are you talking about and then from that on school shootings have been a part of our fucking lives like since then and it's atrocious and it needs to fucking stop I am grateful that I do live in Canada and it happens less often, but I mean, fuck. The last I checked, which was like maybe six months ago, since 1969, there have been 89 casualties or 69, no, 89, 89 casualties 
uh, due to mass shootings, mass shootings, not just school, but mass shootings in Canada. Since 1969, the same year, school shooting, shootings only 1.5 million in the States. Fuck. Tell me you don't fucking need gun reform. Mm-hmm. Did you see the My other rats. day? Did you see the other day? Then they spelt out what did they spell out in body bags on the Capitol lawn? What was it? Do you remember? Did you see that? Too much. It, it just I saw the I saw the picture. I just can't remember what it said, but damn, it's just it's too much. Like or all the shoes after Sandy Hook. Yep. Like and then the then the fucking assholes claiming Sandy Hook wasn't a thing that it oh, was yeah. created by the media. It never actually happened. Like. Crisis actors. Children are getting gunned down and practicing gun shooting drills on a monthly fucking basis. Don't tell me you. Yeah, we should only have fire drills. We don't need gun bill drills. And like, even the most recent one now, active shooter drills. Well, the thing is, the most the most recent one that just happened in Tennessee, which we're about a week removed from, concealed um, carry state. It was um, revealed that it was at a Christian high or a Christian school, and the person that did the shooting was a former student who is struggling with their um, gender identity. And now the right wing is not looking at, hey, let's reform guns. Now they're just trying to add on top of, and this is shitty because like the International Day of Trans Visibility was just on Friday, but they're just trying now, instead of saying, hey, we need to reform guns, there's too many guns. They're like, oh no, trans people should not be allowed to have guns at all. That's so bad. And like, how many of these shooters are all like, I don't want to say white cis heterosexual men, but just even heterosexual men, you know, or just cisgender men. Like Mm -hmm. it's not- that specific group but now they're taking this one and are trying to take not the guns away from everybody or yeah. try to reform guns they're now trying to say well trans people shouldn't have guns like, are you fucking kidding me guns like it's i was gonna say australia March- changed their gun laws because of one shooting and then there was never mass shootings and, and even canada yeah like canada because of polytechnique we still have shootings and things but not nearly but polytechnique they're not in schools <laughs> yeah and they're not as like not as frequent either and not well, what was like, the last one? The Nova Scotia anyway, one? The, the one, one by Mus here yeah. in uh, Portapique? Probably. Yeah, Nova Scotia, yeah. I think, was the last big but one we had. The last school shooting in the States was March 27th, four fucking days ago, five days ago. Um, in Nashville, sure. a 28-year-old fatally shot three children and three adults on Monday at a private Christian elementary school. And saying they're leaving behind writings and detailed maps in school and its security protocols. And um, the, what is it? I just hate because it seems like the situation was a suicide by cop and and why you have to bring kids into it. Yeah. But the, um, after this happened, like the next day was when the body bags were put out on Capitol lawn and they spelled out thoughts and prayers. Oh, that's what it was. Like that is a big middle finger to the government. Fuck you and your thoughts and fucking prayers. Get us some fucking reform. Get us some new fucking laws and do something about it. One and a half million students young children in your nation children basically under the age of 18 because of gun laws because of your lack of fucking gun laws and you're just oh i, I, I mean even have fucking we were just words for how angry this makes me. It, it's sad because that the first one that kind of really made us visible to the situation was columbine and and we yeah. were hoping you know never again never again and there was one before that it wasn't even columbine that started it yeah oh i know like the i said it there's was one in the, the 80s more, yeah it was just i don't like mondays it was and then the worst part is when you 
make it so like the 24 hour news cycle. So you're seeing constantly, you know, updates and, and live footage and like every little tidbit to show that then you got, again, start seeing the copycats. Cause like two weeks after that, there was one in, I, I want to find out where it fucking was, but there literally was like two weeks after, not even, mm-hmm. um, oh no, it wasn't Dawson college, but there was one, oh, I can't fucking find it right now. I can't remember, but it was Tabor, Tabor, Alberta. That's what it was. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to yell at. It just came to me. <laughs> but yeah, I feel I like get loud when I get passionate about something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I found it. So since Columbine, so in 24 years since Columbine, there have been 376 mm-hmm. school shootings in the States alone. Okay, so Ta- Tabor, Alberta happened. So Columbine happened April 20th, 1999. Tabor, on, Alberta. On Hitler's 100th birthday. They and the day before that. That was a link. April 19th. Yeah. The day before is the Waco and yep. uh, the bombing too. Yeah, so they they think there was a link to those anniversaries. Yeah, yeah. but the the one that I talk about Tabor, Alberta, happened April twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine, like literally a week later. Literally a week later, yeah. yeah. It's just awful. Just get but, counseling, please. If you're ever in a situation yeah. where you feel like you want to shoot up a school, please don't. Just go see a please counselor. See go to the please fucking emergency help. room. Go yeah. get talk yourself to your parents. Hike. See what they can talk do to, to help you as well. Talk trust. to. Any adult, doesn't even have to be your yeah. parents, your friends, parents, someone that you've trusted, you've had a good relationship with and just tell them. Don't try to find feelings. Other... Try, don't, don't. Try Kids help phone. The, don't try to deal with the demons yes. on your own. They lead yes. you through, down a really dark path. And don't seek out, unfortunately, another high school kid that's in the same deal as you because no, two right, two wrongs do not make a right. And that's kind exactly. of, I think Eric Harris was the one who kind of planned it more and Dylan Klebold was the more awkward of the two. Um, and I think he kind of followed along with Eric Klebold because it was his friend. Right. And again, peer pressure as teenagers yeah. is just another bitch as well. Fucking teenagers. Okay. Right. So to lighten the mood a little bit, I think we're going to jump into our newest segment, which a different one. Which one do you want to do, Stuff We didn't actually talk about it. We did not talk about it. No. Okay. We want to do genre, like movies set in schools or... Doesn't or matter. your trivial pursuit do. <laughs> I guess we could just do our trivial pursuit, maybe. Okay. 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 So we'll just pick a random card and we're just answer all the questions on it. Why not? Okay. Let's see how many we can get on the so card. So we'll see. So we'll go, since Danny, you don't have any of these cards, you can, we'll go competition with you if you want. Oh yeah, you know I love trivia. I, I'm probably okay. gonna dominate this. So shit, like, so I'll just ask. I'll ask you the movie question. You ask me a movie question. I'll ask you a TV question, and go so on and so forth. Okay. Okay. So the first one to answer wins, I guess. Okay, guys. Nice. What was the Indian name of Mary McDonald's character in Dances with Wolves? Oh, Dances with Wolves, Mary. <laughs> I feel like they always made fun of this on TV shows, and now I can't think of. What I bet it is. they did because it's funny, right? Cops like a fist running or horse, something like that, or whatever. Running horse. Remember. What did you say, Seth? Cops like a fist or something. I think it's one of. They, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying You're to think close. of because it's based. It's a movie, and I'm trying to think of what it was. And they were making fun of it. So close. Not chop, but a different action. Give up. Yeah. Stands with a fist. Stands with a fist. <laughs> Stands with a fist. I'm going to give you a half That's point. That's strong. Danny, okay. you get zero. A half oh, point. Of course. Yeah. It's a Dances with Wolves Mary. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't okay. have known it either. What movie featured Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson, and Vince Vaughn as over the hill frat boys? Old school. Yeah. 
I was about to say Frank the Tank. You're like, no. (laughs) You're like, that's the character. Frank the Tank. Running naked. All right. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? Yep. What 1992 cop pooch buddy dramedy was clearly inspired? Was clearly inspired by Turner and Hooch. Oh fuck! The TV, not movies. TV show. TV show. Was Tobo? I don't think I picked a bad card for you guys. I just picked a random card. So did I. Yeah. Max and me. I don't think either of you are going to get this. No. Because I don't. I've never fucking heard of this show. Benny and June. (laughs) That's a movie, not a. I know it is. I I feel like when I hear something stuff like that. Tequila and Benetti. No, nope. never heard. Of never it. heard of it. Never heard okay. of it. What former? I got canceled after one episode. <laughs> what former matinee idol was the executive producer of Win, Lose, or Draw? Wait, what? What? Say that executive. again. Former matinee idol was the executive producer of Win, Lose, or Draw. Matinee idol. Merv Griffin. No, I don't know. Burt Reynolds. Interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I don't recall. I don't know. Okay. These are hard, y'all. I know. Trivia Pursuit. What what Latino lover claimed to be rich and smooth in a 1991 single? Oh, you're not going to get this either. Rico Suave. (laughs) No. Ave, ave, ado. Rico Suave. Suave. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Gerardo. Oh, that's the actor. That's the name of the guy who sings it. Fuck yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. he does. Yeah, okay. Taco what, Grande. What all girl punk band featured Joan Jett and Lita Ford? The Runaways. <laughs> that was like the exact same time. So you both get a point. <laughs> um, on my end, I said it first. <laughs> on my end, I said it first. So. On my end, you said it at the exact same time. Literally <laughs> both. Baby. We'll probably hear it in their rear back. Yeah. Okay. So S and G, what is S and G? What is that? Sports and games. Sports and games. Okay. Oh yeah. That makes sense. Cause of my question. Got it. Okay. Y'all will get this. This one's an easy one. Who is the sexy heroine of the Tomb Raider video game series? Lara Croft. Yay. Okay. Uh, what NFL or what does NFL kicker Mitch Berger reportedly hide in his shoes during games? Uh, I want to say like a lucky penny or something, like a coin. A candy bar. Ew! Right? Ew! Like a full-size one? It just says candy bars. It doesn't detail. Is the wrapper still on? I I don't know. Again, guys, question, no details. I'll find out. I I, I know that, but like, ew. I'm going to Google that later because that's intriguing. Okay. Um, Okay, business. Business. Who did the Russian space agency say bye-bye-bye to when he was unable to pay his bill? Lance Bass. Yes. Go. Uh, in exchange for Roseanne taking his last name, what did Tom Arnold do for her? Star on her show? <laughs> I, I don't know. Got a tattoo? No, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it's actually in one of Adam Sandler's Hanukkah songs. Oh, he I converted don't... to Judaism. And now he's back. And now he's, <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Okay, I remember that. Okay, last one. Uh, Fad, what was the 60s breakfast cereal with earthquake power? Cornflakes? No. Checks party. The answer is in the question. Earthquake power? It's called Quake. 
Oh, Quaker Oats. Quaker Oats. Quake. All right, last one. Let's go. We have a minute left. What cartoonist ignited the feline frenzy with his 1975 paper book, Cat? You'll never know this one. B. Clibben. I don't know who that was. Garfield? No idea. Um, so right. um, on it. that note, that is the end of our episode for the 90s True Crimes. Thanks, Danielle, yep. for joining us. We're going to get cut off. Of, you know, whatever. So, yeah. Join us next time where I guess we're going to do the 2000s True Crimes. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. All right everyone. Peace out. Stay safe, y'all. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to Turn of the Millennials. You can listen to us on Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcast and at our website at millennialspod.com. Join us on our next episode. And remember, on Wednesdays, we wear pink. We out.